Life Podcast. I am Matthew, the author of A Catholic Life, welcoming you to episode 13 of the A Catholic Life Podcast. In today's episode, published on the fifth Sunday after Easter, I'd like to discuss the following particularly important feast and fast days this upcoming week. First, the minor rogation days, which are going to be this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. What do those mean and how do we observe them? Secondly, the Vigil of the Ascension, which is also this Wednesday. It's not only a minor rogation day, but is also the day before the Ascension Day. And lastly, of course, Ascension Thursday, as well as all of Ascension Tide. Ascension Thursday is a holy day of obligation. I will discuss a little bit more about why we need to keep this feast day on a Thursday why our Lord ascended into heaven, where he ascended at, the unique connection of Ascension Thursday back to his passion, and so much more. I would like to first of all, though, stop and thank CatechismClass.com for sponsoring today's episode. CatechismClass.com is the leader in online Catholic catechism classes. They offer everything from online children's faith formation courses RCIA classes for converts, adult continuing education for Catholics of all ages, whether you're a recent convert or you're an 80-year-old who's been in the pews your whole life, as well as marriage preparation, baptismal preparation, confirmation prep, quinceanera classes, catechist training courses, because it's so important we train our catechists to be effective teachers, and so much more. In particular, their Catholic Liturgical Year course, which is currently offered for a one-time price of $99, includes lessons on all of the things we're talking about today, the minor rogation days, the Vigil of the Ascension, Ascension Thursday, and so much more. It goes much more in detail and much more thorough than a lot of other courses and providers out there, since it really is focused on Catholic tradition and making available and known what was forgotten. So I'll have link in the show notes to their Catholic Liturgical Year course, but again, thank you to CatechismClass.com for sponsoring this episode. First and foremost, the number one topic I think we should delve into to start out with is the minor rogation days, which occur on the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before Ascension Thursday. Now, rogation days are four days set apart in the year to bless the fields and really invoke God's mercy in all of creation. As I discussed a couple of weeks ago, the first rogation day, the major rogation day, almost always occurs on April 25th. That's called major rogation days, are also known as the greater litanies. This is in contrast to the three days preceding Ascension Thursday, which are called the minor rogation days or the lesser litanies. Traditionally on these days, congregations would march uh, and uh, process around the boundaries of the parish. They would bless stones, trees, animals. They would chant and recite the litany of the saints uh, as well. These were how our forefathers and ancestors readily kept and observed these particular days. Now, regarding the history, particularly of the minor rogation days, since I already covered the major rogation days a few weeks ago, 
um, the minor rogation days, um, their observance is really similar now in the format to the greater uh, litanies day of April 25th, but these days have a different origin. They were instituted in Gaul in the 5th century. It's actually days of fasting, abstinence, and uh, abstention from servile work so that all could take place in extensive penitential processions, often held barefoot. The procession and litanies only found a place in the Roman liturgy much later, around the beginning of the 9th century, and even then they were purely days of rogation, that is, intercession and beseeching of God, characterized by pilgrimages and processions. They were not observed as days of fasting and penance in Rome, since this was deemed incompatible with the nature of Eastertide, as Rome has never obliged that we perform fasting during this time, but as I've mentioned before many times, there is certainly nothing wrong with fasting during this time. In fact, the churches of Gaul, as I just said, required abstinence and fasting. That is why I highly encourage everybody to offer these next days as days of abstinence from meat. You don't have to observe them as fasting, but we should definitely do some sort of penance beseeching God and invoking his blessing, especially those of us who are not able to take part in Ascension Day procession, since it's not as common in our world now. Now, um, the the abbot Dom Reed, um, he commented more in a monastic conference in 2020 on the history of the minor rogation days, and he said in part, Quote, indeed, this ancient tradition itself is now widely lost in the West. How many Catholics understand what is meant by the greater or lesser litanies, or by the expression the rogations, clergy included? Dom Geringer himself lamented the lack of appreciation of rogations in his own day, when he said, quote, if we compare the indifference shown by the Catholics of the present age for the rogation days with the devotion wherewith our ancestors kept them, we cannot but acknowledge that there has been a great falling off in faith and piety. Knowing as we do the great importance attached to these processions by the church, we cannot help wondering how it is that there are so few among the faithful who assist at them. Our surprise increases when we find persons preferring their own private devotions to these public prayers of the church, which to say nothing of the result of good example merit far less graces than any exercise of our own choosing." End quote. That was again quoting Dom Reed on his history that he he cited on the minor rogation days, also referencing Dom Geringer, who's writing at the end of the 1800s that even at his time, Catholics at that time were really falling by the wayside compared to what their forefathers knew and loved. Now, as I mentioned, the minor rogation days really date back to Gaul around the year 470. They spread, though, to France by 511, Spain by the 6th century, the German part of the Frankish Empire by 813, and in 816, Pope Leo III incorporated the Lesser Litanies in the Roman liturgy. Now, it should also be noted that um, Father Weiser writes uh, an important exception for the observance of these days when he notes that Pope Pius XII granted some Catholic missions in the Pacific Islands the permission to celebrate both the major and the minor litanies in either October or November instead of their typical place in the liturgical year. All that being said, though, and you can read more in an article that I wrote for uh, Catholic Family News on the Rogation Days. These are great days for us to abstain from meat, 
join in public processions. There's certain prayers that we can say to bless our fields and our families and our animals. Ask your priests especially to do these blessings. I'll have a link in the show notes to much more information, but just remember to really honor and keep in mind the minor rogation days this week. Now, going on to topic number two, Wednesday is not only the last minor rogation day, but it is also the vigil of the Ascension. The traditional readings at the church's liturgy really express um, not only the, the feeling of loss about our Lord going uh, to heaven to leaving us with his bodily presence, but also great joy um, as well. We still say the Alleluia. Um, if you attend the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in the traditional, of course, liturgy that day, the epistle is going to be taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 13. And the gospel is going to be the gospel according to St. John chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. So there's going to be our Lord talking about really his ascension. Um, we can prepare for Ascension Thursday by abstaining from meat. And if we want to, we can also fast because this is a vigil. This is uh, something that dates back for a long time. Uh, according to the Church Father St. Augustine, the Feast of the Ascension is actually of apostolic origin. As early as the 5th century, documentation for the Feast of the Ascension, which is celebrated this Thursday, has been preserved. And um, there's actually mention to a vigil for this feast and its feast itself. They were kept a long time ago. Since uh, the 15th century, that is at the time of Pope Leo III, and up until the Second Vatican Council, the Ascension had an octave associated with it, and the faithful were preparing for the Feast of Pentecost, just like um, Mary and the Apostles were preparing for the octave. Predating this octave is a long-established practice of having a vigil for the Ascension. So the vigil of the Ascension has been around for a very long time. So just keep in mind that we should be preparing for the Ascension in a very special way, this upcoming Wednesday. Now, Thursday is a holy day of obligation. It is the great feast of the Ascension, the Ascension of our Lord, occurring 40 days after his glorious resurrection. It is, as a result, very important that we go to Mass this upcoming Thursday. It's quite unfortunate that so many places in the Novus Ordo have moved this feast to the following Sunday. That is not at all in conformity with tradition, and our Lord ascended on Thursday. He sanctified Ascension Thursday. Now, Ascension has three parts. One, it recalls the departure of our Lord from earth. Two, it recalls his going up physically into heaven. And finally, it recalls his taking the place at the right hand of the Father. It was precisely on the 40th day after our Lord's resurrection that he ascended into heaven. As I've also mentioned, the octave that was long associated with the Vigil Ascension uh, dates back many centuries. It really dates back to about the 7th century, but it became um, around, the, as I said, the 9th century under Pope Leo XIII that it was really solidified. Um, I'm sorry, the Vigil of the Ascension dates back to the 7th century. The octave dates back to Pope Leo uh, XIII, really in around the 9th century. And that continued until the 1950s, unfortunately, when Pope Pius XII changed that. He eliminated so many different octaves. He eliminated different vigils as well. And part of that might be why people no longer celebrate Ascension Thursday, no longer has an octave and no longer has a vigil. But the Feast of the Ascension is one of the most important holy days in the year. And as I said, it's fallen into obscurity, and its lack of observance in some areas 
um, is quite concerning. It is actually, though, a public holiday, though, in many countries still. Uh, Austria, Belgium, Colombia, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Haiti, Iceland, Indonesia, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, Madagascar, Nambia, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, and Switzerland all keep it as a public holiday. Not all of those are even overtly Catholic countries. For instance, Iceland is known for being Protestant. It's not a Catholic nation at all. And in fact, some of those Catholic countries that I mentioned in Europe, um, Austria, for instance, um, or Belgium have really fallen from the faith uh, due to Protestantism, liberalism, modernism. Catholic culture, though, underscores the importance of the Ascension through the customs that precede and follow Ascension Thursday. Some of those customs are still being preserved in these countries, even though if the faithful have a day off work, they no longer understand why. And part of what's robbing them of our Catholic heritage is the transferring of Ascension Thursday to Sunday. It is a Thursday, and it has to be kept on a Thursday. Now, Father Weezer notes that there's many different customs and traditions associated with Ascension Thursday. Now, Ascension Day processions are one of the most uh, historic of those. And that's actually, and I'll have a link in the show notes to an article of mine on the customs for Ascension Tide. But there was a custom of a procession that was introduced as a fairly universal rite in the Latin Church during the 8th and 9th century. And it finally was replaced by the non-liturgical pageants of the High Middle Ages. The only really relic still existed in our present liturgy of these old processions is the simple but impressive ceremony, really in every Catholic church, that after the traditional gospel of the Mass has been said, the Paschal candle is extinguished. In some sections of Germany and Central Europe, however, semi-liturgical processions are still held after the High Mass. Preceded by candles and cross, the faithful walk with prayer and song through fields and pastures, and the priest again blesses each lot of ground, really similar to the Rogation Day processions we just talked about. But the only really feature we see of those ancient customs that our forefathers took part in is the Paschal candle is extinguished. The Paschal tide is coming to a close. Although we still have Ascension Tide, we still have the octave of Pentecost, our Lord is seen symbolically has left us because the Paschal candle is extinguished. Now, I think a really important question that we as faithful need to ask is the question of why our Lord ascended into heaven. Why is this feast day so praised? Why does it matter? And the answer is actually found in the church's liturgy. It's in the preface, in the traditional Roman rites, but abandoned in the Novus Ordo. The preface for the Ascension says, quote, It is truly meet and just, right and for our salvation, that we should at all times and all places give thanks to thee, Holy Lord, Father Almighty, everlasting God, through Christ our Lord, who after his resurrection appeared and showed himself to all his disciples, and while they beheld was lifted up into heaven, so that he might make us partakers of his divinity. That is why our Lord ascended, so he might make us a partaker of his divinity. Our Lord ascended for us. He ascended so that we might become essentially divine, so we have the chance to enter into heaven. That is why he went up there. That's why the ascension is mentioned in every single canon of the Mass. It mentions our Lord's death, resurrection, and ascension. The ascension is not just not an afterthought. It's intimately connected with our Lord's passion. 
Dom Guerinjay writes, quote, It is not enough for man to hope in the merits of his Redeemer's passion, which cleansed him from his sins. It is not enough for him to add the commemoration of the passion to that of the resurrection, whereby our Lord conquered death. Man is not saved. He is not reinstated, except by uniting these two mysteries with the third, the ascension of the same Jesus who was crucified and rose again, end quote. Now, the ascension is intimately connected with the Passion. It was on the Mount of Olives, the same mount where the Passion began, where our Lord had his agony in the garden, that our Lord physically ascended into heaven. At the top of the mount is a chapel in the honor of the ascension, and the ground there still retains the depressions his sacred feet had left. I've seen pictures of those. His footprints are preserved in the ground. Thus, there's an intimate connection between the Passion and the Ascension that is not clearly seen unless the faithful taught this really important historical fact about where the Ascension took place. It also must be taught of the importance of the Ascension had in winning us heaven. It was fitting that Christ, the conqueror of death, would be the first one to open the gates of heaven. He did not do so on the day of his resurrection. He did so 40 days later when he opened heaven, and he led the souls of the just from the limbo of the fathers into heaven. He, that is when he led Adam and Eve and Moses and Isaiah and St. Joseph, and he took them up into heaven at that time for the first time in human history. Human flesh entered heaven. Hence, when our Lord told the good thief on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise. He was not speaking of the good thief entering heaven that day, as some might falsely believe. The church has always taught that when he said that today you'll be with me in paradise, he was going down to limbo, but Christ was going there. And to be with Christ is to be in paradise. The good thief did not actually enter into heaven until heaven was opened, and it was fitting that our Lord, the conqueror of death, would open the gates, and he did not do so until he, with his sacred humanity united to his soul, entered into heaven on Ascension Thursday. That's part of the mystery we commemorate today. Human flesh on Ascension Thursday entered into heaven for the very first time. This is a very important feast, and as such, it included, as I mentioned, an octave for a very long time. There's also wonderful uh, customs and traditions still preserved. In fact, there's a Venetian tradition that twice a year on the Feast of the Epiphany and during the festivities surrounding the Ascension that these doors are open actually in Venice on the piazza. Um, and and uh, this is a really beautiful clock tower, actually, and the doors open. On one side, Our Lady opens up, and on the other, the three magi led by an angel come out. And the angel and king make their way around Our Lady and Jesus, and the angel uh, has a trumpet. The kings are bowing. They remove their crowns in honor. This scene is only done a couple times a year in Venice. It's a great Venetian tradition. It gets a lot of people out there to observe it since it's so rare. That is occurring. Now, something that most people also don't talk about is the unique custom of different foods for Ascension Day. So, for instance, there was a custom that the faithful would eat fowl, that is, different birds, on Ascension Thursday. It was a widespread custom in many parts of the Europe during the Middle Ages to eat bird on Ascension Day because Christ flew to heaven. Hence, pigeons and pheasants and partridges and even crows would grace dinner tables, something that we might do today. Um, is to honor Ascension Thursday, that is, this coming Thursday, with a meal of, of chicken or turkey or goose or something like that. 
And something else we can do is keep in mind of the often obscure and unknown feast day of Our Lady Queen of the Apostles. It's a lesser-known feast day of Our Lady. It's kept on Saturday after Ascension Thursday. It's found in the Missals in some places section of the traditional Catholic Missal, so it's not on the Universal Calendar. It's also kept annually on September 5th. But the spirituality of that day, of our, of our Blessed Lady waiting for Pentecost with the Apostles, should be something that we also think about and ponder at this time. So I'll have a link to the show notes, uh, which will have more information on customs and traditions for Ascension Thursday. But let us prepare well in the Rogation days. Let us prepare well with the Vigil of the Ascension. Let us enter into Ascension Tide, which is its own little mini-season. And let us not fall prey to foregoing this heritage just because so many people want to move Ascension Day to Sunday, when in fact Ascension Thursday is kept on this day, 40 days after Easter, in honor of our Lord's Ascension on that day. We don't move that because we truly want to live out a Catholic life liturgically with all of its feasts and fasts, and we don't avail ourselves of these exceptions. Even if somebody says Ascension Thursday is not a holy day of obligation here, we're still going to go to Mass on Thursday because we know that that is our heritage, and we will follow it. And may God help us and grant us the most blessed Ascension Tide. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all who support this channel. And may God bless you. Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam. We do